Attack on Final Fantasy is a podcast where IP tried to complete every single Final Fantasy game using attack only. In between the weekly main episodes, I often post other bits and bobs, like games I play on a whim, or episodes featuring my lovely wife. Help me, you've got to help me, I've been kidnapped by a podcasting lunatic. So, come and join me over at Attack on Final Fantasy. Wherever you get your podcasts, I think I'm pretty much everywhere these days. You lucky, lucky people. Oh no, give me some of that golden years goodness, baby. Welcome to the RPG After Years, your weekly show covering all things RPGs from the past, present, and future. I'm Scott. With me today is our podcast host, all the way from the Atlantic. It's me, Bill. This is episode 103. Oh, that actually scared me. <laughs> uh, we're here today. Classic, that's classic Golden Years lore, that is. I know. We've got to be caught out by the drop. <laughs> <laughs> we're here today for a review episode. We're going to be completing our review of Square's Japan-only episodic SNES JRPG. It's live alive, baby. Since it's a review, we're not going to be doing any catch-up or anything like that today. Just going to be finishing up the review. It's part two. We're going to be covering the story, our final ratings, and some listener feedback. And also, later in the episode, Rich is going to join us. Well, join me. We're going to get rid of Bill, and then Rich will join us, me, for the final Chrono Trigger RPG Club. So, stay tuned for that. It's been four years. You can't get rid of me. (laughs) Apparently not. You're like a... (laughs) You're like, like some kind school. of demon king that is just like plaguing us across time or something. <laughs> Bill Odia. 
But before that, just so we don't fall behind, here are a couple of quick show updates. Okay, so speaking of the RPG Club, for those that aren't aware, this is a segment we do every other week on this show. It's like a book club, but for RPGs. Um, So the current game for that is Chrono Trigger, and the checkpoint is to beat the game, and that is due by Sunday, March 20th. So if you're listening to this on the day this episode releases to the public, you got like three or four days left, so get on that. You finished, right, Bill? Uh, Yeah, but March 20th is in two days. Oh, okay. Hang on. So four Not- four days four days ago, <laughs> if you're listening to this on the public feed. Oh right, yeah. <laughs> so that would have been accurate for last week's episode. If you're listening to this when it came out, yes. you're already late. <laughs> Time is hard. Good stuff. Um, yep. So and then we're going to be beginning nominations two weeks after that day, which will be Sunday, April third. So now's yep. your chance to get in on get so, on that because that's a patron benefit. Yep, so if you join the patron, you get your chance to nominate your game, which is uh, really good. But remember, no one's allowed to nominate Final Fantasy VI. Right? Somebody's going to. I'm pretty sure that's already been confirmed. <laughs> uh, I know, but we don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think JS said he was going to nominate that. Oh, oh, well. I also expect you... uh, FF13 to be nominated once again. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to nominate it. <laughs> what we ought to do is just tell people like you know what chrono trigger is technically part of the final fantasy final fantasy series so oh no yeah so we can't do series back to back can we yeah. there we go <laughs> i think that people would riot but um yeah so yes. and then also Speaking if you're a patron series you can uh, uh you can also vote on the games that get nominated and that'll be happening a couple weeks after the third so <clears throat> now's your time to get in on that but yeah Back to you, Bill. Nominations begin eight, yeah, nominations begin April 3rd. Uh, also coming up is the Materia Lockdown, which will start next week on March 26th with added Nuzlocke rules, which I went over last week. Basically, if a party member dies, you can't resurrect them um, it, unless they get resurrected during like a story beat, and that's fine. Um, you only get nine tenths, that's one per character, and you can only use items where you can save. Uh, and I think there was something else as well, but I can't remember what it was. <laughs> yeah, so it's getting it's getting complicated, people. I'm going to be playing that with uh, Nuzlocke rules, and I'll see if I can um, incorporate some time streaming it live as well. Uh, but yeah, we'll see we'll see how that goes. But yeah, that starts March 26. And good news, Scott, I've tested the bot and it works. Nice. <laughs> it's still it's still alive. Every year, it's like a big like. Is it still going to work? <laughs> it just won't die. <laughs> no, it just won't die. Um, so for those that don't know, the Material Lockdown, it's a Final Fantasy VII-based cha- charity challenge that we do every year. You can go to materiallockdown.com. Is it materiallockdown.com or ff7mld.com? No, uh, materiallockdown.com. Okay. You would think stop, I would remember. the website. <laughs> I was going to say, you think you, I would remember <laughs> since I built it. But. but yeah. So that's it for that. I hope a lot of people play along this year. Um, and then the last thing before we get to the review is our RPG releases. We forgot to do that last week. So uh, in the last two weeks, let me just speed through these. Dot Hack GU Last Recode came to Switch on the 11th. Also on the 11th was The Cruel King and the Great Hero on PS4 and Switch. Uh, and that came out on the 15th in America, by the way, 11th in Europe. On the 14th was Telepath Tactics Liberated on PC. On the 17th was Dark Deity to Switch. Also on the 17th was Anno Mutationum, PS5, PS4, PC. Uh... Black Geyser Couriers of Darkness exited early access on the 17th. 
On the 18th, we got a big one, Strangers of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin on basically everything except Switch. Uh, it. <laughs> there's a lot of people talking about it in the community. It's, it's like I think the consensus is yes, this is a bad game, but it's good because it's so bad or something. <laughs> from what I understand, it's like Marmite. It's like Marmite. You either love it or hate it. Yeah. Kowloon <laughs> uh, High School Chronicle came to uh, PS4 on the 18th in Europe. Uh, Rune Factory 5 came to Switch in North America on the 22nd. Relayer mm-hmm. came to PS5 and PS4 on the 24th, and finally, also on the 24th, was the Ascent on PS4 and PS5. So lots of games coming out. <clears throat> yep, and uh, games to be released this week, which includes some of the games Scott just mentioned, like Rune Factory 5 <laughs> on the Switch. Um, <clears throat> uh, yep, on uh, March 25th in the EU. Uh, Tiny Tina's <laughs> Wonderlands coming out on basically everything except the Switch on March 25th. Um, Abdomore coming out on PC March 29th. Dungeons & Dragons Gold Box Classics. Sounds invigorating. Coming out on the PC on March 29th. Uh, Crystar on the Switch, March 29th, North America, April 1st in Europe, because it's a bank holiday in Europe, so it's been delayed by the time for a day off. Uh, Weird West on PS4, Xbox One, and PC coming on March 31st. And uh, Comoron coming out on Switch and PC March 31st. I think Coromon is the only one I've even heard of off that list. So it's a Digimon, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> I think it Have actually is. Factory. Yeah, um, yeah. I'm sure Coromon's a uh, Digimon. But yeah, Room Factory is quite popular. Yeah. I know, I know Local yeah. Four's been really looking forward to that coming out. I feel like it's been like years since that was announced. <laughs> yeah, so do I. <laughs> I feel like since the Switch started, they've been like Room Factory Five is going to come out. Yeah, like a launch title, <laughs> and here it is. So that's it for our quick uh, show catch-up. So let's launch back into the review, shall we? Do you like video games? Of course you do. Do you believe people should have positive mental health? Also, of course you do. Then come join me on Dragoon Effect, an audio-only Let's Play podcast that cares about your mental health. Come listen as I play through games like Alan Wake, Hellblade, Senua's Sacrifice, Doki Doki Literature Club, and talk about my life and my mental health and encourage others to do what's best for them and talk about it openly. We hope to see you soon. So you can listen to last week's episode if you want to hear us talk about the development history of the game and the gameplay. This week we're here to talk about the story. So what's our what's our general setup here, Bill? 
Yeah, so <clears throat> the game actually starts you off. Um, there's kind of seven slash eight chapters, which can be played in... No, is it seven chapters in any order, or is it six? Uh, I want to say it's six. Yeah, I want to say it's six. Hang on, so we've got one, we two, three, four, five, six. No, there is seven. Okay. Yeah, so there's seven chapters, <clears throat> which you can you can just go and play in any order you want. Very, very Saga-esque. If you've played Saga Frontier... That's exactly how that game is. There's just seven characters on the screen. You get to pick one and then you play through their story. Um, but once you've played all seven, it then opens up an eighth chapter. And then once you've completed the eighth chapter, it opens up the final chapter. I remember by the time we were getting to those last couple of chapters, it was like, this game is longer than I was initially led to believe. Yes. <laughs> I thought I, I, thought well, I was some... going, getting into like a really short game, but that wasn't the case. Well, some of them were very, very short like the um the strongest chapter the wrestling chapter yeah that was extremely short that took about half an hour once you've got the gist of how not to die <laughs> once right. you got the abugasi and you're basically getting invincible um yeah that was fairly simple but then some of them took a lot longer i found um uh pogo contact uh, pogo robot and um secret orders the ninja chapter or the yeah Think so. The assassination one. Well, they 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 took me a lot longer. The the, the ninjas chapter took me probably about four hours. That's definitely the longest grinding. One. We started with kung yeah. fu, right? Because we all played it in the same order, kind of like it was a club game. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Angry um, realness and angry off black dude, same person. Um, he suggested which order to play them, in. and as he was kind of like the the big fan of the game who had suggested we play it, which got this into a vote, which was then it won the vote on Twitter to be right. a Patreon game. <laughs> um, that's why we went with that order. He was like, just play it in this order. Start with Kung Fu and go from there. Okay. but And yet I noticed you didn't put the stories in that order here. No, I did not. <laughs> <laughs> I, just, I just looked him up as I went. That's fine. Do you want to start? Should we start with the Kung Fu chapter? Okay. Um, let's see. Let me find it down here. That's uh, Inheritance, right? Yep. Uh, so that one's yours. And that was mine. So, uh, in ancient China, there's an old kung fu master of the Jingshuang Kuang Kung Fu. I mean, I did quite well trying to pronounce that. Nice. <laughs> it almost sounded good. Um, kung Fu tradition. And he takes on three students uh, to pass on his art before he dies. Uh, while the master is away one day, the dojo is attacked by a rival dojo uh, seeking uh, revenge for an insult. Uh, two of the students are killed the surviving student being uh, the one the player trained the most, uh, prompting the master and the surviving student to avenge their deaths. The rival school, led by Odie Wang Lee, is defeated, but the master dies afterwards, having used the last of his strength in the fight. Uh, the, student, the student who succeeds him then becomes the master of the, of the tradition and takes on a new generation of students. Right, so... The main mechanic of this chapter is which uh, which student you take on because the other two get killed and it's whichever one you trained the most with. Mm. So I think we actually discussed last week how we had different ones. Uh, you had, you said Link, I think? I, uh, I think I had uh, Lee. Yeah, Lee. That's so the girl, right? When, yeah, when you, yeah, when you start off the game as the Kung Fu master, you basically just start wandering around. There's three small areas you can go to. There's like a wood and two towns. Uh, you go to one of the towns and there's like a kid who's got involved with some gangs and so you rescue him from these gangs and then he becomes one of your students um lee is kind of just wandering around the woods stealing from people 
so you beat her up and then she goes okay i'll join you <laughs> and then there's the uh, the fat kid who's stealing food <laughs> samo is his name i believe samo that's it um <clears throat> so yeah so they, they 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 become the students of the master and then, yeah it, there's this weird, it goes into this like weird training montage but you get to fight the students and it's hilarious because you basically just beat the shit out right like they are not strong enough to fight you but i didn't know the fact that whoever you trained the most would get would, oh, you didn't, would be you the one aware. who survives okay no i wasn't aware so when when they all died and it was only lee left i was kind of thinking oh you know i did put a bit more effort into lee thank god for that <laughs> um but yeah i just kind of like beating lee up more than the other two <laughs> yeah you know i i streamed all of live alive and so i had angry ass black dude in the chat warning me about these things so I trained exclusively with Samo, and uh, everybody else like didn't even get a single training session. So I was a bad master. So yeah, you just basically beat up Samo until he, until he was like, "I'm so sorry." Scott. Yeah, <laughs> I will say that, that that's the thing I didn't like about this chapter is the training. It, may, it makes you do like twelve battles, like right in a row, mm. almost. It's like very uh repetitive i feel like almost all of these scenarios have at least one like major downside of them that otherwise would have been great <clears throat> so if you only beat up samo did it get to the point where samo was getting quite strong and was actually opposing a challenge towards the end i don't think i ever struggled to beat him but i didn't really struggle with the enemies once <clears throat> you know you change to samo afterward right okay yeah because i because i basically just one slapped everything <laughs> every training session was like hey come train slap <laughs> one yeah. hit you dead um <clears throat> but yeah but i i liked it i i was very shocked when the dojo was attacked and the other two characters died i was just like oh shit yeah oh, i will say um, <laughs> with live alive story they don't really pull punches for the most part i mean i know you don't have very much time to get attached to these characters but at the same time it's like whoa they actually <laughs> killed somebody off you're not really used to that in a game from that era super nintendo yeah. Um, but then, but then this game also has a very big boss gauntlet at the end. This chapter, right? There's like twenty bosses you have to fight in a oh, row yeah. at the very end. They're all sitting around that big table. Yeah, and they just send you one at a time, almost like a a, a boss rush at the end of, of a Mega Man game. Yeah, and I think at one point there's like the three three women get up and you have to fight them all at once. Mm -hmm. But yeah, until you get all the way up to O D Lee, and yeah, I think a lot of those fights I really struggled with. Like I was I was saves coming so that when I died. I didn't have to walk all the way back. That's but, really smart. Yeah, it it was kind of like, yeah, because my obviously my Lee character wasn't as powered up as they could have been because I didn't put all of the training into Lee. I kind of because I paced it out between all three of them. Um, right. So yeah, it was kind of it was interest it was an interesting mechanic. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, it made, made it made certainly made my end game a lot more difficult. <laughs> yep. Uh. But yeah, I think that's, let's see, I actually rated all the scenarios, so we'll get to that uh, <clears throat> afterwards, oh, really? as far yeah, as yeah. like ranking give, them. Okay, I'll, I'll give my ratings as well alongside. Okay. I'll have to come so, with it on the fly there. I think we played Ninja next, right? Yep, Secret Orders, so I'll okay. leave that one to you. So the thing with Ninja, it takes place in feudal Japan, so each one of these scenarios takes place in like a different, almost stereotypical time period. Um and there's a mysterious figure named Odi Ayu who is trying to throw Japan into chaos by taking it over. And as Bill mentioned last week, this scenario is actually uh, partially based on true events. So <clears throat> the Enma Ninja clans sends one of their ninjas named Aboromaru, who is our main character throughout uh, this whole scenario. 
and they, he needs to rescue a prisoner that Odie has tried to uh, k- kidnap, and that'll stabilize Japan. You're also tasked with killing Odie. And uh, so you go through this entire, uh, probably the biggest dungeon in the game outside of what, whatever you run into mm. in the final chapter, um, where you just kind of go through and you're given, we, t- we mentioned this last week, but you're given the opportunity to either be stealthy, which it's really hard to stay stealthy the entire time, or you can ki- just kill as many people as you can. I think if you kill 100, it takes you straight to the end of the chapter, right? Uh, I don't know about that. I think if you kill 100, you get like a really strong weapon. Right. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure. Something like um, that. But there is also, there's also like a third way of doing it, which is called the optimum run, which is, um, <clears throat> uh, again, Realness, Angriest Blackgood, sent me a, a link to a guide which says how to do a, an optimum run. And I think it ends up, you end up killing about 70 people or something like that. But <clears throat> it gives you the perfect way of getting all the items and getting two super items and being prepared to take on the two super bosses in the game. Right. But yeah, the dun- the dungeon the dungeon's really, really cool. There's so much you can do on it. I loved running across the rooftops. Like there's also seems like, like such a small little thing, but just the running across those rooftops. Where you have to like cross like cogwheels. Uh yeah. you get thrown I think in this is the f- prison a, a time or two if you're not yeah. careful. And this is this is the one where you fall um where we finally meet those two like that dad and the son. The dad always seems to die in one of these scenarios. Oh yeah, that's probably worth mentioning. It's like <laughs> there's a recurring character, almost like a like a Sid or a Biggs and Wedge, but it's like a dad and his son. And every time the son gets killed, or the, the dad gets killed, and then the son like has to cry. No. And it's yeah. I actually I get they were going for comedy, but like it's really freaking dark. <laughs> it is. It's really really dark. I don't I think like, that's come. I don't think they quite come across in the translation. What, yeah, what they were going for. But. It makes you like because uh, when I saw the scene, I was like, "What's the po- what was the point of that scene?" <laughs> I think that was my reaction. Um, but yeah. So after you get to the end of the dungeon and you rescue the prisoner, uh, do you, do you have his name here? Um, uh, uh, no, I think he he only reveals his name at the end, doesn't he? Um, oh yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah, Ryoma uh, Sakamoto. Yeah, who is apparently a real person or was a real mm-hmm. person. So after you defeat Odie, Obro is given the ninja is given the choice of returning to the Inma or joining Ryoma and his plans to rebuild Japan. I think I chose that one, if I remember right. Yeah, I don't think it actually really matters what you do. But there's some there's some really cool things in this chapter. So did you find the Obro robot? I don't remember. No. There's a yeah, there's like a robot version of Ubero, and you can fix him and he then joins your team as a second ninja and he's got all the same moves oh yeah that was part of why i got locked out of the super boss and all that it's because i went too far into the dungeon and then i couldn't go back and get that next uh that extra character so i don't even know what he looks like or anything oh okay all right yeah yeah so there's there's that one you can do i think i described last week about one of the super bosses where you had to kind of walk up and down a corridor in a certain way (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> in order to unlock it yeah and so yeah there was that super boss and then there's the giant fish super boss who was, who was great <laughs> right uh love, love that giant fish yeah so what how did you feel about the ninja scenario really really good i thought it was a such i mean i wish all rpg dungeons had this much fault and love put into them like exploring exploring around this like mini town castle thing was just great going into all the different rooms seeing different people 
Um, you know, you'd have to try and avoid killing the women in order to get the optimum route. Uh, there was, at one point, there was a weird ghost princess that you had to fight. <laughs> it was just oh, like yeah. she was trying to tempt you into bed. And um, there was just so much going on. There's a lot to just, it. It was really, really fun. Like, uh, I, I can admit it was probably, I imagine it's quite frustrating. It was uh, for if me. You get stuck on where you need to go next. But yeah, I, like I say, this was the one time where I followed a guide because I was told, yeah, Bill, you should follow a guide for this one. <laughs> I kind of wish I had too. It's hard to follow a guide while you're streaming, though. I think it was probably, I liked the story, I guess, although there wasn't that much to it. Um, but the, the ninja scenario is probably my least favorite, despite all the good, the good points you just pointed out. I, th I think I just had a bad experience with it because I, th I think I died like pretty far in without having made a save state. And so I had to restart oh. it. I got lost a, c a couple times. Um, and then I didn't, you know, like I said, I, I spent a long time trying to get that last extra character. And I, without realizing that I just couldn't go back that far in the dungeon. So that was a uh, disappointing, but I mean, I still didn't hate it. I'm just, it was overall probably my least fave. No, I loved it. And it also, this also has one more secret to it where you can actually you can actually leave the castle at the very beginning and basically you have to go through a bo uh, a boss gauntlet uh to of fighting the uh Emna ninja clan and eventually fighting the boss I didn't know that but it doesn't doesn't even matter if you do manage to kill the boss it doesn't matter it still gives you a game over because you've basically gone the wrong way <laughs> gotcha but yeah but it is another thing you could do you could just be like nope I'm not going to go in here and kill all these people I'm going to go the other draw the other direction yeah okay um so what was the next scenario let's see we got um caveman robot whatever it was in the next scenario i think i did it in the wrong order oh okay so i think i think it should have been wandering which is mine the cowboy chapter okay this chapter is called wandering which we refer to as the cowboy chapter and this chapter takes place in the american old west an outlaw called the sundown kid and his rival uh, a bounty hunter named mad dog they, they went really ham with the names with the names here <laughs> yeah. arrive in success town <laughs> a place that's been terrorized by a group of bandits called the crazy bunch you can't write this stuff can you uh who and they are led by someone called odio odio i can't remember if it was the second or the third scenario but i i called it that the, it was the same villain pretty early on mm. uh it was i was like it's the same person. And then <laughs> angry ass white dude in chat was like, I can't believe you figured it out already. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because I think this is where I got it as well, to be honest with you. Because it was just like, it was Odie Wang Lee, wasn't it? And then it was Odie Lu. Yeah. And I, I didn't kind of get that together because it was O-D-I Wang Lee. And then it was O-D-E Lu. And yeah, I hadn't put it together at that point. And um, oh God, yeah, he turns into that weird frog thing at the end of Secret Orders, doesn't he? Oh yeah. I forgot about that. What a weird boss. Oh yeah, I forgot Hard about that. As hell as well. Yeah, all that toxic <laughs> yeah. poison and shit. Yeah, that was really, really weird. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. Back, back to wandering. And then yeah, when when Odo suddenly walked up on the thing, I was just like, they're all they're all kind of the same. Like they all sound they all sound the same when you say the names. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I kind of clocked it at this point too. So the crazy bunch is led by Odo, who is the remaining survivor of the Seventh Cavalry Division. Uh, Sundown stands up to the bandits, and they decide. Um, to raid the town in retaliation. Mad Dog agrees to help Sundown and the townsfolk prepare the town's defences. And then after the town emerges from the battle victorious, Mad Dog challenges Sundown to one final duel. The player has the option of killing Mad Dog or running away. I think I 
killed him if i remember right i wouldn't have ran away i don't think yeah no i killed him too <laughs> it's like fuck you mad dog we just, just did all that together and you still want to fight yeah <laughs> it's down. almost like a anti-hero type thing where like you you sort of see each other as equals but then but then he fucks it up at the end they just have this rivalry uh this was actually my favorite chapter. oh really yeah, I liked all the little sub-threads going on through this. Like, you've got the sheriff, mm. who is the cowardly sheriff, who gets his bravery back. you got um, the, I forget her name, but the, the barmaid, the sheriff's daughter or something. Who, I think uh, she was called Emma or something, wasn't she? Yeah. Um, you got the, the mariachi band. you got the um, the three townsmen who you have to, like, figure out which one's better at certain things as far as setting traps. Um, yeah, because they're, they're they're fast and slow, aren't they? And they're all named after famous Western characters as well. Yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Like they were called Clint and um, something else, something else. I can't, I can't remember the other two. But yeah, they were all named after people. You also got that famous line in this chapter. It's like uh, uh, something about uh, cheaper than a, a whore on nickel night or something like that. Do you remember the exact quote? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. The, I I get I get what you're trying to say, but yeah, I can't remember what it is. That's disappointing. <laughs> like cheaper than a $1 hooker. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, and we didn't really talk about the gameplay of this chapter last time. Um, so you, ha- you basically, you have a set amount of time to go around the town, find things to use as traps and new equipment and stuff to prepare for yeah. the bandit raid. Um, you got like bells can, that go off can... to warn you how long you have left, basically. Yep, I forgot as well. There's kind of there's a crafting element as well, isn't there? Because you can make Molotov cocktails, right? So you got to decide <laughs> if it's worth having the time to make them. I I thought it was like a really unique um, gameplay, like chapter, and hmm. just the way it all comes together. And you only have to do like four or five battles the entire chapter. So <laughs> I liked it. And how well you do depends make uh, changes the difficulty of the final boss fight because it's, it takes out all of the uh, ODOs minions basically yeah, extra gang members so there'll right. be less people to kill during the final boss fight and uh, and yeah like i said there's some really cool mechanics so you have to go around collecting items um like there's a dirty picture that the barman's got oh yeah and you put that out <laughs> the person the horse looks at it and falls off his horse uh, there's like a rope you can put across to trip people over you can dig holes in the ground uh, there's carrots as well to distract the horses um the kid uses a slingshot if i remember rightly and uh, Emma, I think you give her the frying pan, and she'll smack one of them in the face with a frying pan. Uh, it's really, it's a really, really cool mechanic, and it is really, really fun to go and do it. And one of the things I liked as well was that one, so you had a certain amount of time to go around and collect stuff, and then when you're in the bar afterwards, you have to give the items to people. So some items could only go to certain people, and then also the different people in the town had different speeds at which they could lay the traps. Yep. So you kind of had to figure out who were the fastest people in the group. And it was really cool when you sent people from the Mary back, uh, from the Mariachi band out because the music would change. Oh, yeah. So I forgot about there that. There was three people. Like one of them's got the maracas. One of them's got the pan pipes. One of them's tapping a little drum or something. And when you selected the pan pipe one to go off and set a trap, the pan pipe music would stop. But you could still hear, <laughs> you could still hear like the maracas and the drums going. And then it was just like that is a really nice touch. That is Squaresoft down to a T. That's, that is where Squaresoft always kind of separated themselves from everyone else is by adding in nice little touches. Like that. It's like the beginning of Chrono Trigger where you just open the windows. Right. You don't have yeah. to do it, but you could go up and open the curtains. Mm-hmm. No no RPGs have that in it, but Squaresoft just love those little touches. And there's secret and, passages and shit too around yeah, some of the, yeah. the I, places. I just, 
yeah, I, I just loved it. It was so much fun doing that, just trying to reduce Mad Dog's team. I don't, I don't think I even did a very good job of it. I, there, was so, there seemed to be so many people left at the end to fight. Yeah. I think I actually lost and had to redo it, but I didn't really mind because I found the I found it fun. So uh, I found a screenshot of the quote I was thinking of, and it's Mad Dog says to Annie, "Ah, Annie, you're looking hot as a whorehouse on nickel night." So, <laughs> uh, yeah, I love that. On PC. Put that on a <laughs> put that on like a, a coaster or something. Yeah, put it on a T-shirt for Scott. All right. So was it <laughs> the underscore spot at twitch.com. There you go. Was it robot or wrestler next? I think it was wrestler next. Okay. Let me, the strongest. Okay. That's my, okay. So the strongest is probably the shortest chapter in the whole thing. So basically you're playing as this, uh, young guy named Masaru Takahara and you get like a training montage at the beginning where he's in his apartment doing like sit-ups and lifting weights and shit. Um, you get like a, Rocky had a montage. Yeah. <laughs> there's basically a montage <laughs> and it plays like a, almost like eye of the tiger type song. But basically, you're in this tournament to prove yourself the strongest in the world. Think literally Street Fighter. You pick your opponents. Well, actually, I guess in that way, it's more like Mega Man, where you pick which boss you want to go in what order. And as they attack you, you like learn their special abilities. So if you do it in a certain order, you can like make the subsequent fights easier. Um, there's like, is it six or eight different wrestlers you fight? I believe there's six. Okay. And they all they're all like like Street Fighter from different areas of the world, some kind of stereotypical, like you got a you got like a sumo wrestler, you got like a female fighter, you got like a almost Dawson like guy who has really <clears> stretchy <throat> limbs, I think. Uh I, I don't remember them all, but of course there was the guy who was like clearly meant to be Hulk Hogan, um the American wrestler. And Yeah, there's six. So Okay. Uh Jackie Ikina, Max Morgan, who's supposed to be Hulk Hogan. Right. Uh, there's the Great Asia, who again he looks like um, he looks like the Bond villain uh, from one of the Roger Moore ones. You know where he's in that voodoo place? I've never <laughs> seen a James Bond movie, believe it or not. Other than uh, I've seen one of the Daniel Craig ones, I think. Oh, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically he's got uh, the, so Great Asia's got like a voodoo mask on, and he's got like some weird outfit and some leopard print pants. Right. So after you defeat all of them, you meet your final foe, who is Odie Oldbright. Again, it's got that name, Odie. And Odie. he's an evil son of a bitch because he kills the other fighters. Um, just, mm. just he, looks like, he looks like Sagat you. as well. Oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> um, so Masaru's pissed at Odie, and you have one final showdown, and you defeat him. And then you that proves you the strongest in the world. And you get another training montage after this of uh, Masaru... You know, just continuing to train. Overall, the shortest, simplest chapter. I've heard varying opinions about this one. Um, I enjoyed it. I, I liked how simple it was. And, you know, I was I was glad to get one that went by fast, I guess, at that point. And then I think we did... Uh, oh, what did we do next? Was it I think it was contact? Robot. Oh, no, that's one of yours. Okay, let me scroll up here. Okay. Uh, oh, yeah, it was Caveman, wasn't it? All right, so Caveman takes place in prehistoric times. And you play as this uh, kid named Pogo, who's just, think, almost Gal from Final Fantasy VI, except he can't speak. The unique thing about this chapter, like we mentioned last week, there's no dialogue, so they they communicate through, like, grunts and emoji bubbles. <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're Pogo in this tribe of cavemen, 
and there's this other tribe of cavemen who are preparing to sacrifice a cave woman named Belle. I think she has pink hair, and to the to their god, which is a living T Rex named O D O. It's like <laughs> they're having to get really creative with different ways to remix this name now. So she escapes to the south and she hides in Pogo's cave, and she's like still in their food to survive. Eventually, Pogo discovers her and immediately falls in love with her because I don't think he's ever seen a woman before. And I should also mention that uh, Pogo also has a, a gorilla friend named Gory. So Pogo decides to hide her from the rest of the tribe. And then the Northern Ku tribe attacks to retrieve her and Pogo repels them. However, the elder of the tribe is like not down with women being among the tribe, apparently. So like what do they are they gay or they- it's a sausage fest tribe that's what it is <laughs> yeah um, uh, I think I think he realizes that she's come from another tribe right so the elder exiles uh, Pogo and Bell and Gory and you have to like kind of cross the the wilderness a little bit here this is where you have to do yeah. some grinding there's a mechanic where you have to like forge new equipment which is really annoying um, there's also this guy named Zaki who you fight several times in this chapter. He's red-haired, and it's played for laughs because he he uses a snake as a weapon, but he's also not wearing anything except the snake. So the snake is always, like, just uh, obscuring where his crotch would be. It's it's actually (laughs) kind of funny, honestly. Um, Well, yeah, because when when you kill him, the snake kind of stands up. (laughs) Yeah, don't they, like, literally blur his crotch at that point? Yeah, I think so. It's really, really good. (laughs) I like the way they do that. So you go to the Northern Tribe, you take them out, and then you fight Odio, and Zaki actually helps you here. He joins your team, so you got like a four, a full team of four. Assuming you didn't lose Gory, I think there's a way you can uh, lose him temporarily and not get him back. Can you? I think so. Like, there's a part where you run into female Gories or something, and you have to, like, pick him back up or something. I could be wrong about that. So after you defeat the yeah. T-Rex, uh, peace is established between the two tribes, and they get to live happily ever after. And Pogo uh, gets with... Uh, Bill, isn't there a scene where they have kids or something? Or am I making that up? No, there's there's a scene where they kind of have sex. Okay. <laughs> so they get into bed together, it all blacks out, and then he says the first words of the whole chapter. Because he does, because they, again, like I said, they never speak. There's always emojis and grunts. That at the end, he goes, Love, love, oh, oh, of, love. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, love. Like, I remember the that. Way now. They sp- the way they space it out on the screen, it's just like, yep, he's uh, he might be uh, orgasmic there <laughs> at that moment. So what do you think of came man um, I, I liked it, but I did get bored in the middle of this one. Yeah. Like I said, it was, it was kind of, there was something about it that just kind of, the story beats kept starting and stopping for me. So for some reason, I kept putting it down in the middle. But there was, there was some fun little uh, bonus things to do. I think there was a giant woolly mammoth super mm-hmm. boss somewhere around in the game and then there was something where you could get uh, a really overpowered item called the black rock which i really liked because you'd find it and it would have um the plinth from as far from space odyssey 2001 and we haven't you know we spoke about that last time when we spoke about the flow chapter right uh, and we haven't spoken about the flow chapter yet but again it's from the stanley kubrick film space odyssey 2001 yeah and i liked because the film, I think the film opens up with like a bunch of eight, uh, a bunch of like, um, uh, what's it called? Well, I forgot what they're called. Ape men. Um, uh, what's the, I forgot what they call them now. You know, the sort of like, the, 
No, yeah, it's like a species that has died out, but it was like the species between apes and humans. There's like that middle species. Oh, God, I don't know why the name's... You're not thinking of Planet of the Apes, are you? No. Okay. No, this because this opens up with these sort of like prehistoric humans um, all sort of dancing around this big black obelisk just sitting there. And then, yeah, this thing had you do this weird little task and then you'd find a black obelisk and then it would give you a black rock. I do like, remember doing that. There's, there's the reference. There it is. See, you've got to watch that film, Scott. You'll, okay. be, you'll be watching it and go like, oh, this is oh. into, this is the entire plot of Live Alive. I'll add it to the list. <laughs> Space Odyssey 2001. It's Stanley Kubrick. You can't go wrong. He's a fantastic director. This is another one of my least favorites. I didn't appreciate having to grind, and I hated the uh, the the forgery mechanic. And also, yeah. I didn't really care for the story. I know that a lot of people find the, the way the story is told in this one uh, charming it just didn't do anything for me and made it some parts hard to follow exactly what was going on for me yeah i did i did like it but i would put it near the bottom of the list yeah and, i think uh, robot was scenario, next, right yeah i think so um i think this scenario was also based on something called uh, an anime called the first human gratius which is a gag show about a cave boy called gong and he's gorilla there's your trivia for you i vaguely i vaguely remember from when i was a kid but yeah, um, yeah. So yeah, the next chapter is the robot chapter, which I'm going to say now, definitely my favorite chapter. Okay. See, uh, it's not my least favorite, but it's on the lower end. Uh, so this takes place in the distant future on a spaceship called the Cogito Ergo Sum, which there's a note here is Latin for "I think, therefore I am." Yeah, and I had to look that up. Returning <laughs> I'm to, like, I'm sure that's Latin for something. <laughs> yeah. It's returning to Earth carrying a dangerous alien called the Behemoth, which I'm not sure the entire crew is actually aware of. Um, so the mechanic, Kato, creates a spherical robot and gives it the ironic name of Cube, which I did actually find pretty cute. Mm-hmm. And you play as this robot and you basically you explore around and meet the crew. There's like some drama between a boyfriend and a girlfriend and the girlfriend's ex is also a crew member or something like that. Yeah, the boyfriend's um, called Kirk as well, and is based on Captain Kirk. I, I surely that didn't get sell past me, but I don't remember that. So. Yeah, yeah. Because also the um, uh, the guy from the military is called Darth, so he's supposed to be Darth Vader. Yeah. Um, so there's yeah, a military guy in this chapter. who doesn't like robots, <laughs> um, so he's kind of a, a bastard to cube for most of the scenario. Uh, however, things begin to go wrong as the ship malfunctions, and a crew member named Kirk dies in a freak accident. And then one thing leads to another. The behemoth is released and it kills more crew members, including, I can't remember the guy's name, but the guy that built, um, oh, Kato. Kato created Cube. He ends up injured. I think the the girlfriend character, she goes like insane from. Yeah, Rachel. Yeah. She takes uh, Kirk's body, doesn't she, out from the infirmary and puts it back into bed. It's like, oh, look after you, Kirk. Would you like some tea? Yeah. She thinks he's still alive. She's like, goes crazy. Her until she comes back around. There's lots of twists yep. and turns in the story of this one with the various crew members. Um, mm. So the remaining crew members continue to blame and mistrust one another, and they more kill more get killed, including Huey, who is the the nerd ex of Rachel. And however, it's finally revealed that the culprit is the ship's computer, OD ten. Um, so you <laughs> hack into the computer <laughs> and defeat it. Audio. And it's uh, it's the the only fight in the game. This scenario, the final fight, unless you do the mini game. Yeah, so it's kind of cool because it ends up with Darth and Cube being the only survivors, and obviously they hated each other at the beginning because 
because Darth had apparently been in some sort of robot war. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he so he, he he just immediately mistrusted all robots. Um, but it was kind of cool the way they they built that relationship between them, where Darth hated him, accepted him, trusted him, and then right. they worked together. Because he because he hacked the system in order to let Cube get in and then have the end fight with OD10, um, and yeah, it was kind of it was really really cool. Uh, I like the fact that the Behemoth escapes and starts running around the ship. The ship is very claustrophobic feeling, and I really like that. And they put the music to good use by not putting a lot of music in this chapter. It's definitely it the very most dark horror centric sound effects scenario, I guess yeah. you could say, because you, like you said last week, it's also partially based on Alien, which is pretty obvious. Um, yeah, there is a gameplay heavily, mechanic, heavily, like you mentioned, Alien where you actually have yeah. to avoid the Behemoth, um, and if it touches you, it's just instant death. Yeah. Um, you can die as well by getting sucked out the airlock if you push the wrong combination of buttons. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I made a save state and then did that on purpose once. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like the story of this one, but I didn't like the gameplay because there's a lot of going back and forth and like triggering the next sequence of events. And I had a hard time navigating the ship because apparently I'm stupid. Uh, I just struggled. I struggled <laughs> with this square. one. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I loved it. I thought the whole thing came together so well. Like the fact that the ship was called uh, Cognito Ergerson, which is I think, therefore I am. And the whole plot of the game is the ship's computer has come to life. And he's now killing everyone. Yeah. And it's just, I just, I really liked it. It was really tense. Um, yeah. I mean, games don't normally bring out that sort of feeling. Do you know right. what I mean? They don't normally make you feel like really tense and anxious, like especially RPGs. It's normally just like, oh, I've got to grind to the next story beat. But it really did a good job of bringing out a lot of emotion in me. And I loved it. On top of having varying gameplay mechanics and varying characters, it's nice that some of the scenarios even shift genres entirely. It feels like at times. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've suddenly gone from a prehistoric game to Star Ocean, like, <laughs> right? <laughs> with a robot, except it's actually and, uh, in space. Yeah. yeah, I think it helps as well that it was obviously it was heavily based on two films, which I absolutely love. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we got one more scenario before we get to the final ones. Hello. Um, yes, this is the near future chapter, I believe. No. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yep, and I did. I did like this one. This one's set in Japan, and there's a biker gang going around. Excuse me, called the Crusaders, and they've been kidnapping people uh, with unknown intentions. There's a young orphan with psychic powers, just what you need, called Akira uh, Tadaroko. <clears throat> Tadarokoro, Arokoro? Yeah, don't know. Uh, and he grows up in an orphanage with his sister. One day, the Crusaders kidnap one of the children from the orphanage. So Akira and his friend uh, Kenichi Matsu set out to rescue him. Akira learns the location of the Crusaders' base and discovers a plot by the Japanese government to liquefy people and use their po use their power in a giant o idol named Odeo. This time spelled O D E O. O-D-E-O. Um, and then Matsu sacrifices himself to power an ancient mech called the Brukrai Duya. Dayua? Sorry. Dayo. Dayo. Oh, that's better. Yeah. Brukrai Dayo, which Akira uses to destroy, to destroy Odeo. I like the story of this one. Um, you get, hmm. this is the one, you also can actually read people's minds in this one, right? Yeah. I love, I, I love that little quirk of the gameplay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Just stand next to someone, push the Y button or whatever it was, and he'd turn. He'd get like a little yellow glow around him, and then you could read the person's mind. 
I know it, so, this is you, a newer game, but uh, it reminded me of Golden Sun, which has a similar mechanic. Oh, that's cool. I haven't played Golden Sun yet. You will but, one, day. Um, one day. One day I'll get there. But yeah, it's just it was a really, really cool mechanic to have. Like, because you talk to someone and they go, hey, isn't it sunny today? And then you you read their mind and they go, hey, I left, I left my wallet with the key to the Japanese government building. <laughs> yeah. In, in in the bin over there. Ah, like, oh, there we go. That's my plot point to carry on. There's also and, like a mad scientist character that uh, you work with to get to the mech and all that, I believe. Oh, God, yeah. Doesn't he make you do something like he says, touch touch these free items upstairs and then I'll let you downstairs. Oh, yeah. I struggle with that. <laughs> yeah, so did I. He's like, touch the statue, touch the bog roll and touch this other thing. And it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, oh, then, oh, yeah, then you had to go to the toilet at the very end, didn't you? And flush. And then he came in and then the toilet raised down no yeah, went down like an elevator into the head of the robot i must have done that, that part like what four or five on? times before i got it right um <laughs> yeah, and this chapter also has the um the me- another mechanic with the forgery which was the big downfall of this chapter oh for me. that was so annoying because you have to give the two items to the mad scientist and then there was just a random chance you'd get another item out of it they could only make one item like if you gave him yep. the the trousers and the skirt, it would make a belt or something like that. But yeah, but if it didn't work, you would go, no, I couldn't manage it this time. They give you the items back. And it's like, oh, I have to do it again. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that, that was particularly frustrating. This one might've been my favorite if it hadn't been for that mechanic. Um, yeah. It, it was really annoying. Um, so I like the bit where the, I like the bit where the, um, the orphanage got attacked and burnt down. Yeah. Um, like that that was really good story beat in the game and then that forced you to go into the um into the government facility into the japanese government facility which is where you meet odio and then discover his plan to resurrect this uh odio um, mm-hmm. idol and controlling the the mecha in that final battle uh was also a really cool touch i thought it's like a classic yeah. almost senpai uh yeah Kaiju i love thing. the way the music I love the way the music just picked up in that bit as well because you get you got to walk the mech over the battle like over the town, which you'd be walking around and it was huge and then you'd get into fights and you'd just be like crushing everything in your way <laughs> and it's just like yeah oh, huge God. enemy mech I feel like I'm playing Gundam <laughs> I can't believe I- I'm so glad I didn't forget this but the the scenario opens with like a an anime intro uh, with like lyrics to the song and everything um I. I realized oh, that you sung that, didn't you? Yeah, I realized that it was supposed to be like an anime intro, and I, there's a great cl- clip out there uh, on Twitch of me yeah. <laughs> singing the intro. So I'll have to try and get that and insert it here. Maybe I'll try to <laughs> put, it in the, put it in the show notes or something. Edit, edit in post. And that's the intro. Illustrations by Kazuhiko Shimamoto. Do do do. Go go. Bricky the hole. This is supposed to be like a Japanese anime intro, I'm assuming. Where am I? I hate it here. <laughs> that should be an anime intro. I want a gator anime. You guys have been. <laughs> Corey just said, don't ever do that again. 
And uh, so once you complete that one, that unlocks the... Once you complete these six or seven scenarios, you unlock the penultimate one, which is the night chapter, which I believe is yours. Yeah, which is called King of Demons. Oh, this is a chunky one. <laughs> There's a lot to this and, one. Yeah, it kind of explains the entire plot. This is this, and this is the best chapter in the game. Like, you know, we we've often discussed, you know, sometimes the best isn't necessarily your favorite, but I, as much yeah. as I love the cube chapter, this this chapter is great. This is this is what the game is all about. It's getting to this chapter and playing through it. It's amazing. it is really good. So yeah, King of Demons. So after completing the first seven chapters, the medieval chapter is unlocked. A brave knight named Orsted, a hero who's beloved by the people, defeats his best friend, the wizard Strabo, in the final round of a fighting tournament. Uh, and he wins the right to marry Princess Alicia of uh, Lucrezia. Lucrezia? 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 I already said Lucrezia, but I don't, I don't really Lucretia. know. <laughs> yeah, uh, but that night she is kidnapped by the demon king. The next day, Orsted and Strabo set out to rescue her. First, they find the heroes who defeated the demon king thirty years prior, the knight Hash <laughs> and the priest Uranus. <laughs> I'm not sure where they were going with these names. Like, <laughs> Hash I liked uh, I liked these characters. Um, Hash reminded me of the Hound from uh, Game of Thrones. Oh right, okay. I haven't watched all of Game of Thrones. I only saw season one, but um, but yeah, uh, and Uranus, Uranus was great. It's just the names like Hash and Uranus. Yeah, I don't know. But yeah, they convince them to join them, uh, and they fight and defeat the Demon King. But Hash dies due to the plague, <laughs> and it is pretty savage as well. It's like you kill the Demon King, and Hash just collapses. It's like, oh great, I just wanted one last adventure before this thing got me. It's like yeah. you got the plague, dude. You should have said I'd been like wearing a mask. Right. Do <laughs> <laughs> you know how infectious the plague is, you bastard? For real. Um, and then, but unfortunately, Alicia is nowhere to be found. Uh, so Strabo is seemingly killed by some falling rocks as they all try to escape. So only Orsted and Uranus return to Lucrezia in defeat. Uh, but that night, Orsted is kicked, uh, is tricked into slaying the king of Lucrezia by an apparition of the demon king. So yeah, you basically you wake up in bed and you see the demon king out in the throne room and you go and kick his ass and kill him, and then the image disappears and you've actually killed the king. Way to go! It's like so harsh. <laughs> yeah, there's um, a lot of like really dark moments in this chapter. Yeah, that that is really really dark. Um, <clears throat> but he's acute, uh, and then the the guards and everything come in and find him with the king dead, and they start accusing Allstead of being the demon king himself, and they imprison him. Now, Uranus, uh, as his final acts as a living human being, helps him escape and dies in the process. And so Orsted returns to the mountain of the Demon King uh, and actually finds that Strabo is still alive, having faked his own death. Strabo reveals that out of jealousy for Orsted, he sold his soul to become the next Demon King, and he tricked Orsted into killing the king. Orsted is then forced to kill Strabo. Uh, he then... Uh, he then rescues Alicia, but she confesses that she was in love with Strabo the whole time. And she blames Orsted's heroism for Strabo's fall to evil. And then she kills himself on top of Strabo's dead body. It's, it's really, like, it's like a what the fuck moment. Yeah, it is. It's proper what the fuck. It like goes full Romeo and Juliet at the end. Yeah. <laughs> and Orsted's just forced to watch as his best friend and, best, and like his future wife 
basically say how they actually love each other and they hate him because he's just a constant do-gooding dick. <laughs> you know, and I can kind of see dicks. why Orsted goes the way he does here next. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, they, and so you really get that whole journey with him to this point where he now snaps. Mm-hmm. And yeah, in his grief, he searches through his memories and he realizes that Alicia never loved him and she'd been manipulating him. Uh, so that she and Strabo could ultimately be together while he took the falls being the demon king. And he completely snaps and sacrifices his soul to become the next demon king. And then he names himself Odio. And then he takes revenge on the kingdom of uh, Lucretia, killing everyone. Yeah, it's like that's a... The end. It's great. It's like a super twist. Like this really elevates the story <laughs> of the game overall for me. Yeah. Definitely. And you also realize at this point that oh, so all the all the final bosses, the various incarnations of Odio and all the other scenarios were born from this knight Orsted who became the Demon King and then decided to influence and spread his evil across time. It's like a, just a really cool way for everything to sort of come together. Which makes sense since, as you said last week, they apparently wrote this story first. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. I, I, that's what I mean. Like researching the game, I I could see that it was just like, yep. They first of all they worked on this chapter, <clears throat> being like, let's get this chapter now down. And again, this this was the chapter that was all done in house by Square, so all the designs were done by Square. Orsted was based; uh, his design was actually based using the um, the Warrior of Light sprite. Anyway, right. <laughs> so they grabbed that sprite and they completely built him up from that. And yeah, got all this in place. And then they went out and did all the other chapters. And it really shows. And yeah, the love in this chapter is just great. And the twists with him going evil and killing everything is just mind-blowing. I loved it. Didn't know Same. it was going to happen. Me but it completely surprised me. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that leads into the final chapter. So Orsted slash Odeo is kind of pissed because, you know, in all the other scenarios, one of his incarnations has been defeated. And so to sort of get revenge, he summons the protagonists of the first seven chapters to Lucretia, which is now colorless and depopulated for a final battle so he can come out on top. So the way this chapter works is you can kind of go around and recruit the various characters in any given order and kind of like build, build your perfect team. Um, mm. You definitely want Sundown because <laughs> yep. yeah, that's what everyone was saying and so I think we both picked Sundown to begin with I also think he's supposed to be because he's supposed to be a really good fighter but also he's supposed to be like the hardest character to recruit yeah that's what I heard like too. you have to bump into him in like five or six different places across mm-hmm. the map before he'll jump into you um, yeah before you join your team so so everyone was just like yeah just pick him as your main character then you don't have to worry about that bullshit right uh, I'm trying to remember, I know I had cube in my final party I think maybe I can't remember the other ones that I had. I think I had Pogo as well. Yeah, I I know I changed. I know I changed my mind at the end. I was going to have I think Lee. Um, obviously you you would have had Samo, right? <laughs> uh, but I was going to have Lee, uh, Cube, uh, Sundown, and Obero. And oh my god, recruiting Obero was a challenge. Right. I think. I think I did that fight about four or five times because I'd made him so overpowered to defeat the super bosses in his chapter. Mm. When I come up against him and I only had like three people, it was just like, he just kicked the shit out of me. <laughs> he right. literally handed it to me. I'm pretty sure I only got through that because of RNG. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's also, um, as it mentions here, that there's like an optional dungeon for each character that you can do here to like get, what is it, like a better piece of equipment for them. Um, but it's a really cool part where like this final chapter can be kind of as short or as long as you want to make it. Um, if you do all the optional dungeons, it's quite long. Uh, you also got to be careful because apparently if you fight like, I think it's over a hundred battles, then the final area, they like buff up all the enemies a lot. And then you would have to outgrind that to, in order to win. Yeah. And there's also, there's also a really cool one as well, which I like where if you, um, if you run away from a hundred battles, that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah. You get attacked by this giant black tiger thing like saber tooth tiger yeah which is supposed to be the incarnation of death itself who's just basically calling you out for being a pussy and i think that's supposed to be one of the hardest bosses in the game <laughs> yeah i didn't do that <laughs> i wasn't about to run a hundred times um but so in one of these optional dungeons you can also encounter strabo who basically expresses uh lament and regret about mm-hmm. what he indirectly well i guess you could say directly caused um but anyway, once you've done all the optional dungeons, you've got the gang back together. Uh, you go to confront Orsted, who questions the hero's motives, and then transforms into a demon to fight them. And then once you defeat him, uh, he reverts to his human form and asks you to kill him. So you get a choice, and you can either kill him and get stuck in this time period forever, or spare him, and then he lets you leave his lair. Um, so the canon thing to do is to refuse so Orsted attacks again, and basically you have to have like a boss gauntlet where you fight each version of ODO once again. <clears throat> um, it's kind of like a remember this sequence. <laughs> um, yeah, but it's kind, it's kind, but they're they're kind of easy fights. I think apart from, I think apart from the wrestler, I think the wrestler one. I was just like, I think I got a pounding. <laughs> well, at this point, your characters are kind of OP because I don't think they changed the difficulty of any of the. Yeah, but I hadn't done anything with my wrestler. <laughs> True, because <laughs> um, because also in order to get like the the canon, if you no know, canons you can get with a fan translated Japanese only game, right. <laughs> they never got a sequel. Uh, but yeah, to get the best ending, you also had to collect all the characters because right. you could have just picked up four and gone and fought the final boss. Uh, but yeah, that's all I did. I I went around and sort of interacted got them all in my party. And then as you pick up a new one, you'd have to reject someone out. And I basically did that. I went around, collected everyone and then collected the ones I wanted for my final party and went to the end boss. I didn't bother with any of the extra bonus dungeons. Right. Um, Lazy. (laughs) Yeah, I did it all. So uh, I don't really remember the details of the dungeons, So, so I can't really talk about that. I remember one was took place in like a cybernetic alternate dimension or something, but. Oh, wow. Cool. Anyway, um, so after you defeat all the incarnations of Odeo across time again, Orsted's unable to understand why he can't win. Uh, and so the hero explains that he or she fights for Orsted. So each one has a different reason as to why they fight. Um, so Orsted returns to reason and agrees to return them all to where they came from. There's like one more final boss fight that's actually pretty difficult, or I found it difficult anyway. Uh, Orsted died. Lucretia is restored. And... Uh, like Bill mentioned, recruiting everybody when unlocks extended credits where you get to see how everybody ended their stories and then they all r- rush into the sunset in like a montage type sequence. It's such a cool end sequence. Yeah, I can't <laughs> wait to see how I, they do that in the uh, the remake. Yeah, I absolutely love the way they put it together. It was, it was re- like the, just the, like for an SNES game that's fairly, I mean, I don't know, it was, it was supposed to be released around time of FF. 
four, wasn't it? We said last week, or was it? I think so. Um, yeah, but you know, for for a SquareSoft SNES game, yeah, the the ending, the end credits are just amazing. Just love the way that all sort of panned out. Yep. So, but there's really also really an uh, an alternate a bad ending. Yes. Do you want to talk about that? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, the player choose. Yeah, if the player chooses Orsted as the final character's lead character. So, like we said a minute ago, we, me, and Scott both picked Sundown to go for it. We did also. We all did this first, didn't we? If yeah, I remember rightly, I did too. We all sort of made made a save, picked Orsted, and then did this one before going back and doing the final chapter proper. But if you pick Orsted, uh, you'll take control of him, and he's in he's in the room where it's got like the seven heads of Odio, um, and you walk up to the statue, look at it, and then you can go in, and then you defeat the other person. Oh no! This is this is what I was thinking about a minute ago. This is where I struggled. Um, I think the wrestler. No, it was either the wrestler or the Obro fight because I powered up Obro oh, yeah. so much that he just kicked the crap out of me. This is like this took me like three goes to do. If you lose any of the fights as well, you get like a you get like a, a game over ending where everything gets destroyed. So yeah, if it looks like you're going to lose one of these battles, Odio just decides to, or Allstead decides to just like self-destruct. Yeah, like, so there's like a there's like two alternate versions of the bad ending, which is really cool. Yeah, so yeah, I think they call it Armageddon, don't they? <laughs> yeah, I really um, like yeah. how you actually control that each version of Odio in this. It's like a something they didn't have to <laughs> add. That's like I don't know. It's just a cool touch. Yeah, it was. So yeah, if you defeat all of them, you end up just walking Lucrezia alone. <laughs> because you've killed everything and you've killed yeah. everyone in the future um yeah or you can just blow everything up and have armageddon with destroying all space and time yep so that's it for the story of live alive uh you got like some final thoughts for us oh man like too much <laughs> <laughs> right. it's just like i mean we've we've really condensed this down um mm -hmm. as much as we could uh like i said i i've done i think four or five of these scenarios on uh, giving them an individual episode on my on my bills of JRPG trappings, and yeah, it's there's a lot in here, and there's a lot to take in, and there's a lot a lot of good stuff in this game. There's, there's occasional bad tropey things as well, but overall, this game was really really good. And that medieval chapter, Chef Kiss, yep, like really really good, amazing storytelling. Due to the nature of the game being split up into scenarios, it made us it made it kind of easy for us to give our uh, our thoughts as we went. But mm. um, I'll I'll agree with Bill. I, there, I think some of the scenarios have a weaker story than others. Uh, there's a couple I really didn't really care for, but then there's a couple that are really really good that help <laughs> make up for that. And yeah, I like I like the fact it was split up like this because quite a lot of our community played along with us mm -hmm. because of the fact that Realness had given us, you know, he'd given us an order to play it in. So we all, so yeah, a lot of us got involved with this and actually played it in order. And then we was all sitting on the Discord chatting about it as well. It was almost so like an unofficial was RPG real, club. It, it was, and there was a real community feel to it. And I really, I really enjoyed that while I was also playing the game. To okay. Be like, holy shit i've just finished the medieval chapter and everyone was going like i know <laughs> right <laughs> can you believe it it was just like yeah it was so good yeah because we didn't give each other timelines it's just like we played played it at our own pace um yeah so do you do you have uh, a ranking of the scenarios <clears throat> uh, well you 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 do you do yours okay should we go <laughs> worst to really best or best to worst uh let's go worst to best all right ninja was my least favorite 
uh, followed by Caveman, and then Robot, then Kung Fu, Wrestler, Final, Mecha was my number three, and then Knight was my number two, The uh, and then Cowboy was my favorite. So uh, I think the, the Ninja being that low might be controversial, and I, I think a lot of people don't like Wrestler, which was like right in the, the middle for me. So Okay. So, yeah, I'm going to go Robot Top. Uh, medieval second. Um, <clears throat> hmm. I'm gonna say this is tough. I'm gonna say Ninja next. Just, just love that dungeon. It was so cool the way yeah. it was laid out, and it was so fun. Then Cowboy, definitely Cowboy there. Um, and then I think Flow, which, which is, is um, Akira, yeah, Mecha. Um. <clears throat> And then Kung Fu. And then I think Contact, uh, uh, which is uh, Pogo and Prehistoric Caveman. And then I'm going to go right at the bottom, Wrestler. Right. A lot of people didn't really care for Wrestler. I just liked how simple it was. So Yeah, I kind of, I kind of, I kind of get that. But it was just, again, like it, it could be done in like 10, 15 minutes if you, yeah. if you know what you're doing. Me not knowing what I'm doing took me about half an hour. But... Yeah, it was kind of just short and sweet. Like, I would say Contact, which is Pogo. I like the storytelling, but I didn't like the mechanics of the level very much at all. Um, but other than that, Kung Fu Flow, uh, Cowboy Ninja, um, Medieval and Robot, it's like there's not a lot in it for me between <laughs> between any of them. Yeah. Uh, that would be my preferred order. But at the same time, I loved all of those chapters. I thought they were all great. Yeah. So I liked them all. Um, Cowboy and Knight and Mecha and Final were all really cool for me. Uh, I'd say that Robot, Caveman, and Ninja were the only ones I didn't enjoy, really. So it's not like I hated them. I just like was kind of I had to almost force my way <laughs> through them. I guess you could say. Yeah, I, I can see it with Ninja as well because you 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 seem to have quite a frustrating experience. Yeah, <laughs> and that just that's just my experience with it. I I think that maybe it's that's more a me problem than a problem with the ninja scenario. <laughs> um, but yeah, so do you want to move on to our ratings? Yeah, definitely. All right. For it.
And that was Megalomania by Goddamn Shimamora. Oh, yeah. I actually listened to that. <laughs> that song uh, is earlier. banging. Yeah, it really is. Uh, and that's like usually what plays during the final audio fights, isn't it? Yep, definitely. Yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, it's so good. It's what it's what the game's famous for. And that was one of the games that got added into the Theatre Rhythm games as well. Uh, one yep. of the songs. But yeah, just really, really good track. Love Megalomania. I'm probably going to buy Theatre Rhythm soon uh, since the 3DS <laughs> eShop is going down. And I'm definitely going to get the, the Live Alive tracks. You um, but yeah, so the ratings, <laughs> our categories today are story, combat, non-combat, visuals, audio, overall feel, final boss, which is a bonus category that does not count towards the final score. Um, and Bill's up first with story. Story, 10. Wow, okay. You feel strongly about it. I mean, yeah, I mean, despite the fact like, you know, there were bits that let it down like wrestler and stuff like the story of the final chapter. I very rarely have a game that within two hours, like we've just two to three hours of gameplay has put that much emotion in me. And also, yeah, like I said, a lot of the other chapters, I love the way they were done. Mechanical heart, robot, chef kiss, loved it. 10. Yep. Uh, so I thought about giving it an eight, but I think because of the unique way the story is told and how it's not afraid to really pull punches and get dark when it needs to, I'm going to give it a nine. Um, I too really enjoyed the story and I think they did a really good job with it. Yeah, which is surprising because a lot of episodic games like this don't pull it off very well. Mm-hmm. Like, I've played the After Years. <laughs> I know you're not there yet. Like, it's good, and it's the same director, which is a shame. But it's not. It doesn't do as good a job as the story does with Live Alive. It and, comes together yeah, brilliantly. Uh, it does just so so well. All right, so combat. <clears throat> combat. I'm going to give it an eight. I really, I really enjoyed the the grid system. Uh, with it being like pseudo ATB, where you'd walk around, um, <clears throat> yeah, and like even walking sort of takes up whatever the meter is, although it's all hidden mechanics in the background. Yeah, I loved it. It gave it a real sort of feel of threat to it rather than just being ter- full turn based. There was something else going on there, and I liked it. Really fun to play. I'm also going to give it an eight. I agree with everything you said. I think I would actually rate it higher because I re- really did enjoy the battle system if it was explained better, like if there was some kind of time bar or turn order and if your abilities had better descriptions that, that type of thing brought it down a little bit for me um non-combat non-combat's quite difficult i mean it's so different it's across very, the chapters ah, i know it's very standard like the basics of it is very standard rpg like you're thinking ff5 mm-hmm. you walk around interact with shit and you've got a you've got a, a reasonable menu system um you know it's not difficult to get it's not like secret of mana bullshit going on in that menu system it's just a simple menu system mm, it is difficult and then yeah the bullshit of of having to put stuff together like the cowboy chapter was fine it was just put two items together and it's like you sure you want to do this it'll take up a turn it's like yeah, right fine, go for it um but yeah um i'm gonna say a seven okay um, i'm gonna say a seven because just because of the bullshit of uh, the flow chapter and uh, the prehistoric chapter. I'll agree with you again. It's a seven. Um, like like we said, some scenarios are significantly better than others when it comes to the non-combat. The com- the combination stuff <clears throat> sucked. Um, a couple of the the areas I felt it, I felt it was really unclear where to go and what to do. Um, at, at, but then, like you said, cowboy and knight, that kind of stuff is fine. So I'll go right, I'll go with like a decent score of seven. All right, visuals. 
This is a, this is a tough one because mm. as far like the sprite work is really good. There's lots of love that's gone into it. And I mentioned before about the fact that during a battle, when you get low on HP, they go down onto one knee, then they go down onto their face. Yep. And that's been done really well from lots of different angles. But it's not, the sprite work is not on the same level as, say, Final Fantasy VI. Or, or Final Fantasy V, even, for that matter. Or Secret it's of Mana, lo- or Chrono Trigger, or, oh, yeah, Mario, yeah, or not, anything Square was putting out. Within, yeah. on the to be stage, honest with really. you, not much is going to not much is going to compete with Secret of Mana on that stage. I think yeah. that's probably one of the most beautiful games. Uh, if we ever play Bahamut Lagoon, that is that is top tier snares gorgeousness. Um, but yeah, but also the way it was directed, the lots of scenes, like even just Cowboy running in on his horse, like yeah. I love the way that was all done. I thought the way they incorporated it, you've got so many different scenarios as well. And they all look different and have their own world building. And I feel like I can't re I feel really bad marking it down just because it's not on par with some of the top square games. Yeah. So I'm going to base this on the trailer that I saw for the 2D HD remake and give it a 10. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah, I'm kidding. No, I'm going to give it an eight. <laughs> I'm going to give it an eight just because it was, it wasn't as good as many other Squaresoft games with the sprite work, but the direction of it was incredible. And really well done. Like getting to the top of the mountain, the kung fu thing, and just being able to see out, and it's sort of parallax scrolling in the background. That's it's got all that, but it's not as good as some other games. Okay, but yeah, sorry. I was gonna split it right down the middle uh, and say it's a five because I think out of battle it typically looks pretty shit. Um, in battle, it looks great. Um, but you reminded me of some of the the better aspects of it, so I'll I'll go up just a little bit and give it a six. I wish it did look better so, outside of battle because it's it's we, not a pretty we, game. Like we talked about the ending sequence, how good was that? I mean, that was cool, <laughs> but like that's just yeah. one scene. So um, <laughs> now here's my favorite bit: audio. Okay. This, audio. Is, this is getting a ten out of ten. This is a ten out of goddamn Yoko, goddamn Shimamura. <laughs> <laughs> this is. This is my, I think this may be my favorite works of her. Um, and I know it's her first work, and I've only got basically this, and because uh, I haven't played a lot of Kingdom Hearts either, so I've only got this and Final Fantasy 15 <laughs> to base yeah. it on. But I just loved it. I loved every track. I, I mentioned uh, the robot chapter, which I know wasn't your favorite, but I love the fact that they didn't use hardly any music in that. They just used sound effects. But audio-wise, that brought that chapter alive. Yeah. You raise a good point. your song is just... For me, it was, uh, you know, I was streaming. So the lack of audio made it awkward for me. So there's, <laughs> that's just, again, that's a me problem. Um, so I'll, I'll give it a nine. I think it is a really good soundtrack. There's a, there's several bangers there. I think the sound work is typically good. Um, by the way, you left out Parasite Eve from Yoko Shimomura Masterpieces. Uh, Sorry, that, that is a masterpiece. Yeah. Still, I, I think I like Live Alive better music wise. Okay. Sorry, Scott. Um, <laughs> Not much in anything. And then our final category, overall feel. Um, ten. Okay. I I really I really enjoyed this game, and being able to pick something up and play through it in a couple of hours is great. Like, I agree. I just yeah, I thought that was really really good, and uh, you know that was part of the idea. You know, you could pick it up, have a short play session, finish a scenario, and just be like, all right, okay, I'll come back tomorrow and do the next one. Right, and I loved it. I thought that was a really good thing. So yeah, uh, this game I've only got good things to say about. Okay, um, 
See, I was I was less warm on it. I do like the game quite a bit, um, especially for the time that it came out and for how unique it was. Uh, but I do think there were some parts of the game that did bring it down quite a bit for me. Uh, there were part scenarios that dragged, and I was just like, I can't wait for this to be over. <laughs> so uh, I was thinking about a seven, but I, again, I'll be a little bit nicer, and I'll go an eight here. Um. So that brings us to our bonus category, which is the final boss, which, uh, okay, I, yeah, I remember which one it is. What about I you? Really, I really enjoyed the final boss. He had kind of like a couple of different, um, he had kind of, yeah, he had a couple of different like um, uh, forms, didn't he, if I remember rightly. And like there was that weird mole thing that came out, but you couldn't attack the mole. And then he came out with like this weird demon winged thing. It's almost like this. Uh... And venus flytrap thing in the middle of the, the map yeah yeah exactly there was there was a lot going on you had to kill the eyes and the mouth and then you had to fight pure odio and it was challenging i i think it took me about four or five goes to actually defeat this thing um <clears throat> and it was mainly just making sure i could keep my health up <laughs> um, i also died battle, at least once or twice i think i ended up save scumming just so i could get through it um, I think I, I think I might well. escape some between the different forms. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I I really enjoyed the final boss. I'm going to give him nine. Okay. I appreciate when a final boss is difficult without being bullshit, and they really did build up to this final boss properly. Um, so I will give it a nine as well. I think it, it was a pretty dang good final boss experience. Uh, okay, so we've got our ratings down. Do you want to read yours, Bill? Yep. I gave Story a 10, Combat an 8, Non-Combat 7, Visuals an 8, Audio 10, Overall Feel a 10, Final Boss a 9, but that's just a bonus category. So overall, it was a 53 out of 60, which gives me a total of 88%. Does that match up with about how you feel about the game? Yeah, I'm pushing a 90%. Okay. I would have, I would have said this is a 90 to 92% game. Alrighty then. Um, so my scores, story, I gave it a 9, combat an 8, <clears throat> non-combat a 7, visuals a 6, audio a 9, overall feel an 8, and final boss a 9, which brings my subtotal to a 47 out of 60, which makes my official score a 78. So significantly lower than Bill's, but also about how I feel. Like I, I don't think the game is amazing, but I do think it's a good game and something people should play experience. Mm -hmm. All right. So that brings <laughs> the official score of the RPG after years is an 83%. And uh, I think that's pretty good. Uh, that's a kind of matches between the two of us. Uh, yeah. And that puts it at 12th spot on our RPG um, top rated games as well. So it's got the same score as uh, Grandia and Kingdom Hearts 3. I, I think I like Kingdom Hearts 3 better, but it about matches up with how I feel about Grandia. So Yep, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say the same thing. Like I've got a lot of nostalgia for Grandia, Grandia 1. And I'm going to say, yeah, I think this is just as good as Grandia, if you ask me. Two great, great games. Not played Kingdom Hearts 3, so I can't comment. Even after listening to about 12 hours of you and Jay rattle along about uh, Zeramus. <laughs> and I have no idea who Zeramus is, but I know he's a character from Kingdom Hearts 3 because I heard you say his name so many times. You're thinking of Xehanort. 
I think. <laughs> Zaynor. Zirimus. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Zirimus is from fucking Final Fantasy IV. Um, uh, yeah, Zaynor. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Bonkers. I edited some of those episodes. You did. played back, the game. Back when you edited for us. <laughs> oh, I know, I know. Too busy now. <laughs> hey, guys. Just wanted to pop in here real quick. There's this future editor, Scott, to give you the RPG skill rating of Live Alive. So Live Alive scored a 235 as far as how much of an RPG Live Alive really is. This is a scientific formula created by yours truly that is scientifically proven to be accurate and there will be no debate. So that puts it right above Secret of Mana at 230. And the next highest after that is Final Fantasy 2 and 1, which both scored a 270. So there you go. Live Alive is clearly an RPG. All right, so let's get into some of our listener feedback. I'll let you take the first one. JS had a lot to say. Uh, he did indeed. So uh, JS says, I love the SNES era uh, of JRPGs. I think the three Final Fantasies and Chrono Trigger will still, man- uh, still rank among the best in the genre. When I found there was a never released outside of Japan Square RPG that members of this Discord were going to be playing, I was super interested. I love the concept of being of it being many mini RPGs that came together at the end with each distinct theme and mechanics. 20 years older, I feel they executed the concept better than Octopath Traveler. Wow. That's a good Not point. played Octopath Traveler, but... Hmm. Well, the characters don't really communicate with each other. Like, once you complete one character's story, they're just there. And, I mean, I haven't, mm-hmm. I haven't played it either, but I've heard that's, like, the worst part about that game's story. And then he gives these... Um, <clears throat> then he gives his rankings from best to worst, and this looks really similar to mine. <laughs> I noticed. Uh, Robo, uh, Knight, Ninja, Cowboy. That's all the same as mine, but then he goes Caveman. Oh, Jay. We were so close, man. I thought you were my <laughs> brother. Uh, <laughs> then he goes Kung Fu, Wrestler. Uh, sorry, Kung Fu, Mecha, Wrestler. Really, really close to what I put as well. I think he's missed out. Flow. Oh no, Mecca. Yeah, sorry. Uh, so then he gives a quick sort of one sentence on each one of them. So Robot had the best atmosphere with the sense of tension once the behemoth was loose on the ship. Knight had the best balanced party composition and a great twist at the end. Completely agree. Uh, Ninja had the most to explore following the guide to get the most OP setup, <laughs> just like me. And finding all the secrets is how I like to enjoy RPGs. Uh, Cowboy had a wonderful and unique mechanic with the first. Uh, with the time limit and the puzzle of finding materials for traps and getting them set in time. Uh, Caveman, the lack of traditional dialogue was an interesting twist. Kung Fu, I'm glad we started with this one as it worked well as a tutorial for the game. Yep. Good point. Uh, Mecha might have liked this more if it uh, if we tackled it earlier, but the time we got to it here, it wasn't innovative. Uh, I can't say that word properly. Inertinavive. Oh, fuck it. Uh, Compared to the previous chapters, it felt a little bit like a drag to get through. Yeah, I felt that as well. Um, I felt that more about the Pogo one. I think whatever you played fourth or fifth, (laughs) you kind (laughs) of get that feeling. Uh, You've you've, you've got the idea of the game by that point. Uh, And then Wrestler, least RPG-like of all the chapters. Thankfully, it was short. Uh, the final chapter kind of felt like a post-game filled with optional bonus dungeons to seek out top equipment. I ended the game with Obro, Pogo, Sundown, and Cube. That was my that was the team I had as well. I feel like that might um, have been mine as well. 
Yeah, I think it was. <laughs> they were just the best ones. Like, yeah. I did try out a couple of the other ones, and they just got slaughtered. Like, I think I tried to make a res- uh, wrestler work, but it was not working. <laughs> I think you can make him one of the most powerful ones, but you have to do some serious grinding. And it's just yeah. like, nope. He just, yeah, I think when he was in my team, he died like one hit every time. So, like, I was ready to finish the get, game without get with minimal grinding against it at that point. So. Yeah. Well, I didn't do any of the bonus dungeons either, so there was no grinding for me. I just picked the strongest ones, and Cube had a really good um, healing ability, which I think is why everyone picked him. Yeah, I acquired the three pieces of uh, aerial equipment. I don't think I did any of that. Protected my three human party members from stone attack. Oh, God, yeah. The final boss had a stone attack. I Mm -hmm. forgot about that. I think I might have had one aerial equipment, and then I was constantly trying to heal the other ones. I was missing one too, I think. Yeah, that made that really hard, which cropped up often in the final section. Uh, even with that, I feel it was a pretty optimal um, OP party and strategy. The final boss was still a fun challenge. Yeah, I think he's he's echoed a lot of what we've said there. We're on the same page, Jay. Thank you for your feedback, sir. Um, moving on, Frost also left a little bit. He said, at first, I was a little hesitant since the graphics in the overworld are very NES-like and the combat is so repetitive. But as the scenarios went on, they got different enough to hold my interest, which is, I would say, the charm of this game. Uh, he ra- he also gave us a scenario ranking from best to worst. For him, it was Knight, then Caveman. Okay, that's pretty high for Caveman in comparison. Uh, Final, Cowboy, Ninja, Wrestler, Kung Fu, Sci-Fi, which was uh, Robot, and Mecha. Okay, so he also rated Mecha really lowly. Mm. Uh, so his was a little different than everybody else's so far. Uh, yeah, and he's edited the final one as well. Yeah, <laughs> I don't, uh, don't think I bothered with that. It's, like, eh, it's there. It says, <laughs> get, uh, get the band back and kill the end boss. That's, there you that's go. the final chapter. <laughs> Night was my favorite since the combat was the best with your cast of four, and the story turn was amazing. After that, the fact that Caveman had no dialogue was super interesting to me, and I appreciated it how they pulled it off. Ninja could have been its own game with a few tweaks, and probably would have been pretty good. I'm not really a fan of the ones that made you walk back and forth a ton and talk to the right people in the right order, such as Kung Fu, Sci-Fi, and Mecha. Yeah, I think I said something similar about the uh, robot chapter. I didn't feel that about Kung Fu, though. I, li- I liked it. You just had to go to the different, the three different places, get your team, yeah. and beat the crap out of them. <laughs> he says, overall, like I'm good glad Kung Fu master. I played this. It's certainly one of the most unique games I've played. The music is probably the best part of this game, and I'm most looking forward to the remastered soundtrack. You're hoping for a vinyl release when the HD 2D remake arrives. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to that as well. Yep. So we've got some feedback now from Disa. Uh, while nostalgia didn't quite hold up for the glory of the discovery of a fan-translated RPGs years ago, the journey was never less, uh, never less a memorable one. I enjoyed many aspects. Um, I mean, I enjoyed many aspects a lot, and some of the little stories uh, stick out for their uniqueness. Uh, I think it had been even improved with the remake because the graphics could do with a fresh coat of paint. Yep, we, we all feel that. <laughs> uh, I overall enjoyed it a lot. The only thing I didn't enjoy was having to pray to Buddha to continue the plot. I think that was during the flow chapter, wasn't it? I think um, so. Uh, but that's just a personal thing and wouldn't bother many. Yeah, she's a, a devout Christian, I believe. So, um, I think so, yeah. So finally... Uh, I tried to get some feedback from the guy that started us all on this journey, angry ass black dude. Um, and but he apparently submitted forty five minutes of feedback to Bill for the JRPG trappings, and he refused yep. to condense it down for me. So uh, he gave me just a couple sentences here. He said, "Live alive or live alive, play that shit. It's fucking good, bitch." <laughs> there you go. 
And uh, I think I'm pretty sure I have a audio clip of him uh, summing up as well, which I'm going to insert here. All right. So final chapters, I'm going to kind of combine them all into one because I don't really have a whole lot to say. There's not too much really going on in them. But um, yeah, regular final chapter, pretty much pick one of the main heroes, anybody except for Orsted. You get transported back to Orsted's time. Don't ask for any explanation because the game's not going to give you one. And that's okay. Um, pretty much from here, your goal is just to collect all of the characters, level everybody up, get all of their best weapons, and then go ahead and kick the shit out of Orsted. After you beat him the first time, uh, you have the option to either just completely finish him and then get the like crappy ending where the cycle just goes on and on of people hating each other and being evil throughout time. Or you can choose to spare him. You go back. Everybody fights their final bosses again, but they're way easier because of all the growth the characters have gone through, both leveling up and then, I guess, both character-wise. Because, you know, they've all grown. They've all learned things throughout their lives. And, uh, yeah, you beat all their big bad demons. Beat Odio for the final time. And then, yeah, everybody goes back to their time periods. Uh, Odio's done, and everybody lives happily ever after. Uh, there's a couple of secret bosses in this chapter. Nothing really too interesting. I do have a couple of tips. I would say just run a lot in this chapter because the encounter rate is super high. Once your main team is at about, I'd say, level 16, you're kind of just good. Uh, my final party at the end was I went ninja, cowboy, robo, and uh, caveman. I just liked them because Ninja did all of that extra grinding, so he was already super leveled. Like, by the end of this playthrough, I think I had my Ninja by at, like, level 40 or something crazy like that. Um, I like Cowboy because even though he starts off pretty weak, by the end of the game, he's actually one of the stronger characters with a big old AoE move. Robo is just the best healer you could ever fucking want. And then, plus, if you have the soda can, give him the soda can and... Wow, now he's super useful. You could also take some of the weapons from the mecha chapter to power him up, power him up. So yeah, Robo's really useful. And then Caveman, he's another one who just did a whole bunch of grinding on him, so he was useful. Um, don't use Akira as your main party member. Akira just fucking sucks. Um The wrestler's pretty good once you level him up, and so is uh the Kung Fu dude, but don't don't fucking use Akira. Akira's trash. Even though he has, he has those AOEs, he fucking sucks. Um, what else? Oh, yeah, there's a secret boss you get for running 100 times. You drop some good mail. Big old secret fish boss. But, uh, yeah, that's about it for this chapter. Um, if you lose on the final boss, um, you actually get a bad ending where Odio just blows up the world and all the timelines. So that's pretty fucking awesome. But, yeah, that's it for the main final chapter. Um... We have the bad final chapter, which happens if you pick Orsted. This shit's fucking awesome. So, <laughs> so instead of having a regular level, you get to basically just play as the last boss of every chapter, killing off all the heroes, which I just thought that's fucking awesome because how many games let you do that? Um, if you end up taking too long or end up dying, you could do this Armageddon move, which is the same thing as before where you just blow up the world and all the timelines. If you end up winning, you basically just see Orsted just walking through all the timelines, super sad. And, yeah, he just killed everybody, and there's nobody left on Earth except for him, and he's just sad and lonely. He just keeps being the loser he was at the end of his chapter. But, uh, yeah, that's it. Kind of anticlimactic for the end. I mean, when you play it, it's more climactic. I just don't really have a lot to say about it because it's mostly gameplay. 
But overall, I fucking love this game. This is like one of my favorite JRPGs. I'd probably put it in my top 20, which sounds like a lot, but if you know me, I've played a fucking shitload of JRPGs, so being in my top 20 is really high praise. Now, the hard part. Time to rank all of the chapters. So, let me do this from worst to best. And what do we have? We have 10 chapters. Okay. So, worst chapter, I would say, is The Wrestler. Mostly just because it's, it's really just such a nothing chapter. All you do is fight. So, not much to say about that. After The Wrestler, I would probably say probably say kung fu is the next worst not that this one's not bad i actually like kung fu a lot it's just that really all you do is grind the story is really cool i like passing on my real foo that was awesome but i just could have had a little bit more going for it after that i would say ninja again another chapter i like it's just kind of tiresome to replay it is fun to get all of the different endings and take all of the different paths but after you've done that it is just kind of tiresome still a really awesome chapter um after the ninja i would have to go the normal final chapter and again great chapter it's just there's just not much going on it's a cool ending but after the night ending it's like yeah it's like this doesn't even compare still great though um okay after the final chapter i will have to go with Let's go with the cowboy chapter. I like this chapter a lot. I really like the mechanic of sending the people out to go to go help the town. I thought that was a lot of fun. So after the cowboy, we have five left. All right, so after cowboy, let's go with the mecha chapter. I don't really remember much of the mecha chapter because like I said, a lot of shit happens, but the shit that does happen is awesome. And I like that they crammed a lot into a small area. The poop jokes were okay. Um, the overall story was pretty good. I like Matsu's pissed fist a lot. So, yeah. Let's say that's next. Then, after that, I would have to go with the Orsted ending. Just playing as all the final bosses was fucking awesome. That shit was just badass. Like, how many games let you do that? I know it's it's not much in terms of story or gameplay, but I just think the whole concept as, as a whole is just fucking dope. So, yeah. Um, after the Orsted final chapter, I will go Robo chapter. But all these, these next three, they're all really close and they can all switch and go back and forth. But yeah, I'll go Robo chapter. Really like the ambiance, really like how the characters didn't like each other. And I thought like the whole murder mystery, not battling, but having to like kind of solve puzzles by walking around talking to people. I thought that was a lot of fun. After that, I'm going to go Orsted chapter purely based on that ending that ending was fucking awesome that story was great i love that and then at the top it's pogo man you're not getting any more charming than the homies pogo and gory and bell like i love that chapter i love this fucking game everybody needs to go out and play live live and that's it peace out all right so that's it for the listener feedback thank you for that submission angry ass black dude um I think that's the, the final word. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the final word on uh, Live Alive. You got anything else to add? No, it's fucking good, bitch. All right. <laughs> I think I don't think you could top that at all. I'm glad we played it. I'm glad we have the experience. I'm glad um, it's it's cool that we'll have the experience of being able to look at this 
when we play the HD 2D remake. Um, mm. Good game overall, I would say. So um, we're going to let Bill go now and transition over to the RPG club. So expect a different voice when I come back. Bill, thanks for jumping on and we'll uh, catch you some other time. No worries. Loved it. Okay, guys, it's just Scott now from the future. I think what we actually decided to do here is split the RPG club segment of this episode into its own episode. So you guys can, you know, to keep from having a two and a half hour episode. But I'm going to go ahead and do the outro by myself. Uh, Thanks for taking part in the Live Alive review. I hope you all enjoyed it. As for next week, it's going to be a uh, normal episode with Rich and I doing news and catch up and all that. Just as a reminder, the RPG Club is now concluded for Chrono Trigger. You can go and listen to our thoughts on this separate episode that we'll also be releasing this week. And as a reminder, nominations for the next game will begin on Sunday, April 3rd. Please rate and review us on whatever podcasting service you prefer. It helps the show a lot. If you want to be uh, look at, take a look at our Patreon, that gives you early episode access, ad-free episodes, extra content, and then you can also participate in the nominations and voting for the RPG Club. You can find all that at patreon.com slash RPG After Years. You can join us on Twitch to view the episodes live on video. Um, you, we usually talk to chat so you can be a part of the show. Uh, those are usually Sunday at 9 a.m. Eastern Time at twitch.tv slash RPG After Years. You can email the show rpgafteryears at gmail.com. You can join us on our Discord, where we debate violently various RPGs and their ilk. And if you want to, you can find the show on Twitter at RPG Years. You can find me at the Scott Spot. You can find Bill at Matunica. That's M-E-T-U-N-N-I-C-A. And you can find Rich at Hellblue1569. And that's going to be it for the Live Alive review. I hope everybody enjoyed it. And you can join us next week for episode 104. But also keep a lookout for the bonus episode where Rich and I cover the final segment of RPG Club Chrono Trigger. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Until then, I'm Scott. And I'm Bill. And I'm Rich. I don't know. (laughs) We'll catch you guys next time. Thanks for listening to the RPG After Years. Bye! The beast has been slain The world has been saved Our heroes are basking in the afternoon They rest in the tavern for all to hear Their tale of victory and conquered fears Revel in the peace That reigns through the land All will know it was by our heroes' hands Here in the afteryears Here in the RPG afteryears RPG after years.
since it's a review, sorry. <clears throat> sorry, there was a really loud bang downstairs. I just want to see what it was. Okay. Because I'm, I'm the only one here. Yeah. <laughs> and he was never seen again. Are you nostalgic for a simpler time? A time where controllers didn't have so many buttons. A time where games weren't so overly complicated by so many plot devices. Yeah. Me too. I miss my NES. Hi. <laughs> I'm Bill, and I absolutely love old video games. But I didn't have anyone to play with. So I decided to start the Super Switch Club. That's right, a podcast dedicated to discussing and reliving the nostalgia of retro video games that are also on the Nintendo Online Virtual Library. Each week, my friends and I will discuss games from the NES to the SNES. Games like Super Mario World, Kirby's Dreamland 3, Donkey Kong Country, The Legend of Zelda, Super Metroid, Balloon Fight, Punch Out! A Link to the Past, F-Zero, and so much more. The Super Switch Club is a Podcasters Assemble style show from the We Can Make This Work, probably, podcast network, where we'll be replaying and discussing some of our favorite video games from our childhood. So join us on the Super Switch Club, where you can relive the nostalgia of tearing your hair out over an NES game that loves to troll the shit out of you. Festival, you can too. Head on over to probablywork.com slash superswitchclub now to learn more. This has been a presentation of the We Can Make This Work Probably Network. Follow us on Twitter at probablywork for more of our questionable content. Also, we have a website called probablywork.com. <laughs>